This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Atlanta. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. I am your host of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, a weekly health and wellness information show. I hope you all are doing well this Thursday. We've been off for a few weeks because we had some technical difficulties that we had to take care of, but I am happy to be back uh, live with you all today. Um, You all that uh, usually see us on Facebook will notice that I am not in studio today. I am traveling um, and actually am in Las Vegas because I have some exciting news to share about the expansion of our show, which is a part of the reason why I am in Las Vegas. So um, for those of you who follow us on Facebook, you know that we expanded our show and are now a part of the 22.3 Takeover Vegas radio family. So I will be broadcasting my show on Sunday live uh, from Las Vegas, from my Las Vegas studio. So that has been definitely a blessing. So I hope you all have been well. I have missed you all, have missed being on the air and talking with you all. So let's just go ahead and get into today. So as always, we shout out, uh, we start our show off with our shout outs because I am always appreciative of people who listen, um, listen to the show and support the show. So here we go. Shout outs to my number one fan. Hey, mom, how are you doing? I hope you are having a fantabulous Thursday morning. Shout out to family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Houston, Texas, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Latson, South Carolina, Macon, Georgia, Pensacola, Florida, Center, Alabama, Chesapeake, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Washington, D.C., Centerville, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, Opelika, Alabama, Lugby, Maryland, Newport News, Virginia, Temecula, California, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, College Park, Georgia, Hobbs, Mexico, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Oxford, North Carolina, Woodbridge, Virginia, Gaston, Alabama, Hampton, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Memphis, Tennessee, and our new city that we're adding to our Medical Minutes family, Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to the family. So happy that you all are with us. So, as we usually do, we have our COVID update. Um, because I know, you know, it's been three weeks off the air and a lot of things have happened in the world of COVID. But, you know, as always, I like to give you all the numbers. So we are now at 33.2 million cases of COVID in the United States. We are, in terms of our vaccine numbers, at 371 million uh, Americans that are eligible for the vaccine um, have been vaccinated. Uh, And in terms of deaths, we are at 638.7 thousand uh, people who have unfortunately been lost to COVID. And of course, we always extend our love and thoughts and sympathies uh, to those families who have been devastated um, by this pandemic and continue to be devastated by this pandemic. So if you all have been following the news, you know that we now have an FDA-approved COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, As of August 23rd, the product that was formerly known as the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, which is now named Comirnaty, C-O-M-I-R-N-A-T-Y, I wonder how they came up with that name, um, has uh, has been granted full FDA approval. Um, As you all remember, uh, when the vaccines were first authorized, they were authorized under the EGA or the Emergency Use Authorization, which is a special exception that the FDA grants uh, under very extraordinary circumstances. And, of course, the pandemic definitely qualifies for that. But now it has been thoroughly studied over the time that it has been been available and has now been granted that FDA approval. So for those of you who were hesitant to get it because it was not FDA approved, you now have have, have that to not worry about because we do have that product 
um, that product approval now. And of course, the Johnson & Johnson and the Moderna products are still available and being offered as well. Uh, you can check with your local, your local community centers, um, with your local provider to find out where you can get a COVID vaccine. Uh, they are still free and still available. There is no problem with the actual supply of the vaccine. So, so there's that. Um, of course, the Delta variant continues to be um, the dominant variant, uh, continues to be highly contagious. Uh, as we shared before, um, the Delta variant is about a thousand times more contagious than previous uh, variants. And so, you know, a lot of people are getting sick. You know, when I am not your radio host, I am an ER doctor and we are seeing um, a lot of COVID. And I will tell you that all of the COVID positive cases that I see are in unvaccinated people and they are getting very, very sick uh, to the point of needing ICU care and intubation and, and that kind of thing. And unfortunately, with the surge of the Delta variant and so many people being uh, sick, it's been very difficult to find higher levels of care. So what do I mean by that? So, for example, if you uh, come to a smaller hospital, you know, smaller community hospital and need intensive care and have to be transferred, it is becoming increasingly difficult to find a bed for you to go to. And that in, in itself is, is very, very scary. So that is what we have to say about COVID so far. Of course, we will continue um, as the weeks go on to continue to keep you updated. Uh, we're going to take a, a little break and then we'll come back with our guest today, Dr. Donna Sewell uh, from the Wellness Enclave. And we will talk about microaggressions and their effects on mental health. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minute with Dr. Carissa. We'll be right back after a break. At Just for Pets Wellness Center, our expert veterinary team provides personal, professional, and compassionate services to your beloved pets. You can rely on us for pet wellness exams, medical care and treatments, dentistry, and surgical care. We provide a clean, safe, and caring environment for dogs, cats, and pocket pets. With exceptional care, always the standard. We're doggone good, and the cats meow. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. <laughs> you make me sick. I want you Welcome back. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And today we are talking about microaggression and mental health. And Dr. Donna Sewell will be joining us shortly to give her expert opinion about ways to cope with this and how to recognize it and so on and so forth. But as we always do, let's give a little background information. So what is a microaggression? So I don't know if you all have heard this term before. It is a relatively new term for me, and so this is why um, 
you know, I really wanted to, to delve into this. So what is a microaggression? So microaggressions are behaviors that are not explicitly insulting. Okay. So I'll tell you a, a quick story. So one of the hospitals where I formerly worked, um, the nurses had spoken with the medical director that they had some concerns uh, or rather some complaints about how I, how I went about doing what I do about delivering the care that I deliver. And it wasn't that there was anything wrong. They just didn't like how I did my thing, right? So I'm talking with the medical director. And one of the things that she said to me was, this is the South. And I'm going to let that marinate for a minute. Um, because as you all know, I'm, I'm in Georgia. And so when you talk about this is the South, there are certain connotations that come up with that, right? Um, but she didn't say anything more than that. So I couldn't really pin her on what she was trying to say. And she was very, very uh, sophisticated in not saying anything more than that. Um, and, you know, she followed it up with, well, you know, this is the South. So just do, <clears throat> do your thing the way they want you to. And so, you know, so that, that was that. That was definitely a micro, microaggression because she was giving me a message without being uh, direct in what she wanted me to understand. So microaggressions are subtle, small comments that could pass off as innocent, um, but make the victims feel like they are being mistreated or excluded. Uh, microaggressions exist in all aspects of life and can negatively affect workplace dynamics and can even be a barrier to seeking healthcare. So the types of microaggressions, microassaults, which are conscious, deliberate, and explicit racist attacks, verbal and nonverbal, um, that are meant to denigrate or hurt the victim. So, for example, name-calling, racial slurs, um, avoiding or um, discouraging interracial reactions um, are this type of a micro-assault. Uh, so, for example, seeing a swastika um, is, is an example of a micro-assault. There is the micro-insult, um, which is most of the time an unconscious uh, thing, um, more subtle, um, and it may be um, more in an, an innocuous uh, type comment to a person of color. So, for example, this is the South, right? And then there are micro-invalidations. These comments and behaviors can exclude and invalidate people's thoughts, feelings, or experiences in life. So, for example, um, when you meet a person that is of Asian descent, and you ask them where they're from, and they say, oh, you know, I'm from New York. And then you go further and ask them, no, where are you really from? Now, what you want to ask them is about their ethnicity and their, their family background. But the verbiage there um, is really putting, putting that person on the offensive. Microaggressions negatively affect the individual's mental and emotional and physical health as well, and over time can create some inner conflict and lead to chronic stress, which can lead to an onset of a traumatic symptom and depression. In 2019, there was a study that suggested an, an association between African-American women residing in the United States um, that did not share their experiences of microaggressions that... Uh, had a physical effect of leading to a shortening of their telomeres. So going back to biology, the telomeres are the ends of the chromosomes that protect our DNA. So this is even on a cellular level um, affecting people. People may have increased negative feelings, uh, tension, physical tightness, anxiety, digestive issues, um, and these microaggressions can lead to mistrust, which can be very, very dangerous, particularly when you are entering into the healthcare system. So, I have given you all a little bit of background, and I understand we have Dr. Donna on the line. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get Dr. Sewell on the line. 
and we'll continue this conversation. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You're listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. sure to listen to the Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In the Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is Alvin. And this is Edmund. On the Old Fashioned Health Show. Tune in each Friday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And listen to us live on iHeartRadio or the Real 1100 app. Where we talk about healthy information, products, and or services. And get some old school music in. On the Real 1100. We are back. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. And I understand we have our friend, Dr. Donna Sewell, on the line. Dr. Sewell. Hi. How are you? Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing well in between, in between clients. I'm sure you know how that is. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And once again, I thank you so much for stopping by and sharing your experience and expertise with us. So these microaggressions, so when I was reading this, um, you know, doing my research, you know, I have been able to reflect on instances that I have have had microaggressions um, directed at me. And it seems like this is a, a a common thing that apparently didn't have a name, I guess, right? Right. That, that is something that they have, as of late or more recently, um, is, is something that's been around for a long period of time, but, but now mm-hmm. they've uh, coined it a, a term. And it's very important to understand right. that the microaggressions not only deal with, it, it can deal with anything, so it, it doesn't necessarily have to deal with race, although most of the time, um, that's, when you're a person of color, that's what you see. But it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to deal with race and ethnicity. It also happens quite a bit with, um, with gender. It happens quite a bit hmm. with gender. Uh, there are situations okay. where um, even, you know, even I myself, I can tell you in several instances, I know one, I was sitting up in, in a meeting and it was me and two other individuals and the person said, tur- turned their back to me and said, okay, well, I want to talk to you too. And the two that were in the two that were in the room with me were men. Now, keep in mind that me and one of the other me and one of the other gentlemen, we pretty much had the same. uh, We were in different departments, but we had the same title. And so, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, whatever that gentleman was going to do in my particular department, he was going to have to come to me anyway. But the man that was sitting at the table, because the system that we were in was was relatively patriarchal, um, that that's what he chose to do, even all the way down to the uh, to in introducing people from the same office that I was from, he introduced everybody except for me and this other woman. So I, so, so I've had to, talk to, deal to the with man that. in charge. Co- correct. I've, I've dealt with wow. going back to, um, gender. Uh, if you notice there are a lot of, there are a lot of men. I've had men that I was working with them and they'll say, okay, honey. Okay. Babe. And I'm like, you, you, you know, mm. I don't necessarily get offended mm-hmm. by that. It's more of a professional thing with me so mm-hmm. I'm like no don't address me as, as honey because see, that's an easy way to slide over boundaries and then think that we are friends when I'm supervising you or or something wow. so and, and I don't do that yeah. so when I say well okay well call me you you can call me Dr. Sula Miss Sula my title does not define me so I will right. say because I'm not a medical doctor I know some people have an issue with that and they're like well you're not a real doctor and so I get it so I just say okay well um, so that's why I tell people so we don't even have to go through that. You can't because if I call you by your last name, I expect the same. Right. Well, because that, so, even that, so, you know, you're not a real doctor. That could be a microaggression. It could be a microaggression, you know, but that it minimizes also can be, your training and education and experience. 
Yeah. And it has, it, they, people have attempted to make it a microaggression. Uh, mm-hmm. Fortunately, because I read personalities well, I know a lot of times the best way to combat that kind of microaggression is to make it clear that you're still going to respect me. You can get mad all day, but either way, you're still going to respect me. You're still going to have to come to me at the end of the day. And the pen is mightier than right. the sword. So, exactly. and, and that irritates them more than anything because of, most of the time, if somebody's using a micro, certain people are using microaggressions like that, they're expecting you to get upset. They want to pull you out of your space. And they want to have some level of control so they can keep pressing that button. So you have to make mm-hmm. sure that they understand you're not, you're not pressing that button. And even if they are, you better have a poker face and go back and figure exactly. out how to, to, to deal with it. Um, again, going back to the gender, when somebody says, honey, now I'm, I'm, I'm not because I know we're on the, on a radio show and I was talking to a male friend of mine about this and I said, you don't walk up to your, to a man and say, Hey, what's up? Such and such. I'm not going to tell you what I said, but he said, well, he said, no, I don't. I said, or you don't walk up to him and say, bruh, why don't we so-and-so? You you don't do that. So why do you not do that? Why? And then why is it when I correct you nicely, not like in front of a lot of people, when I correct you nicely, you get offended by that. So that's a microaggression, exactly. and that's something, and that's an assumption that you have. Education. Um, I have known females to, and, and this this could have been a double microaggression. Um, I've known female. Currently, there they are female doctors of color, and and I know this this one young lady that who was going to uh, a majority university, and when she went to her counselor or got got whatever they call them, the the advisor. In college, when she went mm-hmm. to the advisor, the advisor said to her, are you sure? Why don't you just major in nursing? Why are you trying to become a doctor? Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with grades. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. But we could be looking at that was gender and race because the university that I'm talking about is majority university and uh, they have a lot of issues with um, race. Academic is right. another one. Right. And I heard you mention the Asian you know, maybe if you're talking to someone that is Asian, what about if somebody doesn't do well in math and teachers will say, I would have expected you to do better in math because they're right. Asian. Or you are a person of color and they and they tell you, you're not like the others or you're, you're articulate. Mm. That's a microaggression. So, you know, it, it, and, so it's, mm-hmm. it's funny when, when, we, when we come into these examples that, you know, we all have experience this on on some level and so as I'm listening to you I am thinking about the level of trauma that we all are carrying as a result of being hit with these microaggressions because you know a lot of the times like the example that I gave about this is the south and you know I shared Mm -hmm. that with you um, Mm -hmm. personally um, you know that it's something that you can you know that it doesn't feel right and you know that that person is quote unquote being funny, mm-hmm. you know, or trying, trying to say something without saying it, but you can't, you can't call it racism, for example, you know, in my case, mm-hmm. um, because they didn't call you the N word or because they right. aren't treating you necessarily differently in a way that you can verify and prove. And that leads to you being, you know, if you speak up, to this, it leads to you being labeled as difficult or sensitive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Emotional. And I'm just wondering, like, it, it, emotional, exactly. And I'm Angry. just wondering mm-hmm. about the level of trauma. Oh, God, yes. The <laughs> level of trauma that we all are carrying around as a result of these little, quote-unquote, innocent interactions. That's something. So... I, I think that there is. I think that there is a, a, a level of, of trauma. Unfortunately, they're micro. They call them micro because they're so small, and a lot of times mm-hmm. they're they're in they're going on daily, um, even all the way down right. to you know you 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 know you have to wear your hair a certain way. You have to you know they they want you to mm-hmm. to speak a certain way to behave. Basically, it's called assimilation, regardless mm-hmm. of what area you're in. Whenever there's a microaggression, they're looking at either you, they feel like you've assimilated well or you haven't assimilated well enough. Or you have not, not integrated, mm-hmm. but assimilated. So 
Right. With those, it, it, a, a number of things um, can can happen in terms of uh, trauma or just in terms of the negative impact of that. It can turn into a number of things. It can lower a person's self-esteem. It can definitely mm-hmm. do that because if, because if you're constantly being um, um, hit with these microaggressions, these microaggressions stop being micro and they build up. They build exactly. up. They become large. And, and so what happens is you start, in, you start subconsciously and subliminally, subliminally taking in the messages. And so those negative messages that you're hearing, mm-hmm. what you're hearing is, I am not good enough, so I have to be this, 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 and this. So not only can right. it impact the person's self-esteem, self-worth, if you're working in a job, it can, it can um, have an effect on your skill set. You may be very adept mm-hmm. at what you do, but if someone keeps, uh, you know, as old people say in, in the South, if they keep nitpicking, then you're, you're, mm-hmm. saying, you're like, okay. You're like, what is, okay, what is it that I'm doing wrong? I must be doing something wrong. Or people are getting promoted around you. People that you're training are getting promoted around mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and, and wow. so instead of the people saying, I have a bias or I have assumptions or I have stereotypes, instead of them acknowledging that, and some do acknowledge that, they just don't care. Um, and mm-hmm. so instead of that being acknowledged and saying, hey, we need to look at this person, then what I see from the people who are the perpetrators is that they have to justify their behavior. And the way they justify their behavior is to tell stories, whatever the story is that's going to make them feel more comfortable about mistreating you or being condescending to you or playing a part in the demise mm-hmm. of your of your self-esteem or not. You know, and they have to tell themselves a story. And when they tell themselves that story, they project that up on you and, and, and cause you to believe it or others around you to start believing it. So that's what I see. Right. Um, because yeah, I can imagine that over time you start to ask yourself, is it is it me? Right, absolutely. And then we've seen you know because you start as, to invalidate your own feelings. That's wow. absolutely. And then I've seen these, yeah. stuff, and, and then it can go all the way down to let's look at it from a, from a race or ethnicity perspective. And I'm going to look at it solely from 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 an African American or Black American perspective, whatever is politically correct mm-hmm. to say right now. Um, sure. so, <laughs> I, right. <laughs> so, so here's, it can turn into self hatred or, um, you causing, it can turn into self hatred or you having, um, negative thought processes about people in your own race. So either with you or either wow. with others, meaning this. Self-hatred is this. If, if I have to come in and, and I need my hair cut a certain way, I have to present a certain way. Like I can't be a direct person. I have to temper mm-hmm. myself before I go into a meeting with a certain mm-hmm. set of people, particularly mm-hmm. on, the, on, on the job. Or I have to present myself when I'm walking down the street as a certain way so that the police are less likely to... Um, feel intimidated or people are not mm-hmm. clutching their purses or looking at me as I'm a threat. Mm-hmm. Right. If I have to continuously do that and then I see somebody doing the total opposite, just that just as, as smart or intelligent doesn't mean they have a formal education. I mean, they're able to hold a conversation and do it intelligently. So just as smart, right. just as intelligent, just, but, but you know what, just as articulate, as, as I am, but the way that they present themselves may be a little different, not in a derogatory manner, but maybe a little different. Then I start looking at the person in front of me that is the same race and ethnicity, sometimes gender. I start looking at them like, oh, man, they're getting ready to embarrass me. So that's 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 right. That's problems with your own race. The self-hatred is I'm changing my hair. I'm changing the way I speak. I'm doing all of these things. And then not only am I doing that, but I'm playing overseer like I'm on a plantation. Now, I'm talking about the job now. Mm-hmm. I'm playing overseer mm-hmm. like I'm on a plantation. So since, since these set of people have allowed me to, to peek into their world, this other set of people, I'm going to look in it. And they place the other people down here like they're working in the field, but they put me in the middle as the overseer. Then you know what? How do you sit up and look at yourself every day and justify some of the behaviors that you have, that you're carrying out? 
Right. You can't. It has to be it's, a level it's, of self-hatred. It's almost like you, yeah, it, it, it's almost as if you see someone who is free within themselves and they express Correct. that freedom in whatever spaces they occupy, you almost hate them a little bit. Correct. Because you, you envy you them, them, you envy you them, their, and you have exactly. To, you envy them, and then exactly. you have to make up your story, like some other people do, to, to maintain. Yes, yeah. yeah. To, to, to so maintain. Now how and, do and, we? Mm-hmm. How do we identify these microaggressions? Because you know, of course, you know, it's, I imagine it's a fine line, because not everything is racist. Correct. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think that that's the difficulty that people have. I know that that's the difficulty that I have had in articulating these microaggressions because I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying everything is racist. Everything that someone so, says to me is racist. Right. So how do you how do we identify these things that are really, truly microaggressions as opposed to, you know, I'm in my feelings about something and so someone said something is- to me and I'm taking it wrong. So one thing is you need to, you. I'm not going to say you need to. My recommendation is that you look at what the facts are before you start jumping to conclusions. It's easy okay. to jump to conclusions. So my thought process is with everything personal and professional, before you open your mouth, find out what's going on, period. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for that is because a lot of times if you overreact, that can cause more negative consequences because of the way that you responded to something than positive. Uh-huh. So sometimes you need to sit back and look at it. For the people who are getting ready to say something, sometimes you need to be cognizant of what's going on before you open your mouth. Like, for instance, the example I gave about, you know, I th- you know, the Asian student and you're saying, I thought you would have been better in math. Well, if you're if we're mm-hmm. talking about like junior high or high school and you had some of their siblings and they were really good in math, that needs to be qualified before you say something. Really, right. it should be no comparison. But at the end of, but that's a whole nother topic. That's, but that's a whole, a nother, whole nother topic. But exactly. but if you're gonna, but if you're going to say that, then say, you know what, your brothers and sister, your brother and sister were really good. Your siblings are really good in math. I'm surprised that 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 you don't do better. Like, do you ask them for to to tutor you or do, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so kind of look at when it could be construed as a. When it could be construed as something that is uh, derogatory or something that is mm-hmm. offensive. Now, the now here's the issue with that: you have to have a certain amount of emotional intelligence or EQ to understand what may be offensive to someone else. So you have to have a certain level of empathy. Okay. Now, is if that, that person, is that EQ mm-hmm. is that on the on the part of the person delivering the microaggression or Correct. on the part Correct. of the person Correct. receiving the microaggression? Really, it because I imagine both, that, that goes definitely both ways. on the part delivering. It goes both ways, but more so with the person who's delivering it. More so with the person who's delivering it, because and I say mm-hmm. that because how do you know if something may be construed offensive if if you don't understand other people? If you're in your own little bubble and you haven't exposed yourself to other cultures and other people's ideologies and philosophies and cultures, right, right. So and that's nowadays, why. That's you know, why with, with, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and nowadays, with everything being so, and I hate to use the term politically correct, um, mm-hmm. that it's kind of hard to, it's hard to have those conversations. Because right. like, I, I know that, like, I am not this person, um, because I, I like to think that I approach people with a genuine curiosity. So when I ask you about your ethnicity or your family history, I'm asking because I genuinely want to learn about you and learn about the right. culture. Um, right. But I understand, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact that people can be a little intimidated about asking about that because you don't want to be steered into the direction of being a microaggressor. Correct. And so, so that's why you know, so what strategies can we evoke into mm-hmm. to, to have those conversations so that way I can ask you, you know, about yourself without being insulting you know what i mean and i know that's kind of right so they're convoluted well not really so sometimes so a couple of things with the person who who feels like they're receiving a microaggression let me finish with that and then i'll get back to what what you Mm -hmm. were saying so one of the things is ask for clarification on the information on what's being stated to you um it it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be 
and, and try not to do it with an attitude. So try not to be presumptuous. <laughs> now, if you have mm-hmm. a history with the person, you're, you're chuckling, but you know I'm telling the truth. So if, <laughs> if you have a history with the person, is, is one, well, not a good history with the person is one thing, but if somebody's genuinely asking you something, then ask and you feel like you might be offended to say, hey, can, can you clarify that for me or whatever? Because sometimes people have said certain things to me and I ask them for clarification before I just, in, in my mind, I'm like, is this person kidding me? Um, the other thing is sometimes, and this is almost like a separate the message from the messenger, sometimes you have to separate intent from impact. Mm-hmm. What was the intent like of that. the person? I will give you an example of that. We had a large election coming up. It was uh, um, a gubernatorial election uh, in in uh, in a southern state, and I was, you know, I was working my other job, and I was, uh, um, I had already voted. I had done absentee voting because I knew I was going to be traveling that day. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to a site in the New England area. Um, and a doctor that was there, he was an older Jewish gentleman. He probably should have been retired, <laughs> but he was an older Jew. And he said, yeah. did you vote? He said, did, did you? He, he said, who are you going to vote for? So I was, I was in there, you know, because all of us were from the state that came up from corporate. He said, who, he said, who are you going to vote for? And I looked at him and I said, um, I said, why? Uh, he said, you have to vote for this person. He said, you do know that you're black, right? And so I looked at him. I said, "Yeah, I said yes." So I'm reminded every day that I'm that I'm black, you know. And, right. and this so, isn't a, this isn't a but it was the intent. It was the intent of which he said. And I knew the election. He was, and he was basically like, "I know you're not going to vote for this person. You understand that this person has has shown himself to uh-huh. to to be racist." And I understood that. But there would have been a lot of people, particularly who were younger than me, that would have taken the ultimate. That delivery to, right. to, to that that delivery. Right. So I understood the um imp- I understood the intent the intent of what he was saying. So try to look at that now. At some point, you can go back and say to that person. You, now you know the average person would have taken that. If you you can go back and say that that probably wasn't the best thing for you to say, but don't do mm-hmm. it like you have so much like you're so offended. It is very difficult in this today and time not to be on the defense because there's so much that is going on. But again, think about yourself and think about the flubs that you may have made and that how you may have insulted some people unintentionally. So so try to put exactly. yourself in someone else's position. Now, what I will say for the people who are accepting or who are on the receiving end of some things is not just with the intent, but look at what I've talked about cognitive distortions before and cognitive distortions are common thinking issues are basically thought processes that we have that um, can allow us to to misconstrue certain situations, but we apply them to daily living a lot of times to to a lot of parts of our lives. So an example of that would be, um, having black or white thinking there's no in between so if you said this that means you meant that if something happens then it is this is no great area that's an example of that if i have all or nothing thinking then that has a tendency to make me either internalize things or not ask questions because you said what you meant you meant what you said and so look at what your thought process is as the receiver before you kind of uh, jump to conclusions. And if something is offensive, then the way that, that you know, that you address it, is, is, if it's really offensive, again, take a step back and determine, look at what the consequences may be if you address it, look at how you address it, but just do not do it when you are angry because it's going to make it worse. Those are the things that are going to happen. Now, so I said that Tell me what your other question was. I'm getting old, so I'm forgetful. Tell me what, what was the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was talking about, you know, just the language. So I, I guess basically strategies of, you know, because I find that it is difficult to have conversations with people because everyone is, mm. and I to use the term sensitive, but everyone right. is so walking on eggshells so as not to offend Right. So that, one, you know, because be, you you so mm-hmm. don't want to give the microaggression. Right. 
you so, know, so like, like I, I, that you I gave have about, difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. The example that you gave about wanting to understand somebody's culture, again, that might be a situation mm-hmm. where if you may, um, if it's somebody that you work with or something of that nature, just say, hey, I don't, I don't want you to take this personally, um, but I really have a genuine interest and I really want to ask you a question. Do you mind if I ask um, that question? I've, mm-hmm. I've, uh, mm-hmm. I've done that several times. It's, it's, it's a lot of words that you have to use, but you use that. I've done right. that with, um, I've done not so much with, with culture, but I've done that in terms of in recent years with so many definitions regarding gender. I've done that with individuals that were in the LGBTQIA community and said, mm-hmm. hey, can, can you listen? I don't, I don't want to be offensive. You know, do what you do. Can you explain this to me or how do you feel about A, B, and C? I'm just asking just because I'm just curious, just to get a better understanding. I haven't had, and I haven't had any problems. Conversely, though, if somebody comes to you and they have a question, again, you you have to look at those things objectively and look at the sincerity and look at the intent. And and so, if it is a subject that is that is kind of touchy for you, and you know that you're, it's, a, it's a probability you're going to get offended, and if somebody approaches you, then you may want to say. You know, I have to. I have to warn you. I may not be the best person to speak to <laughs> about this. If you have, if right. if you have, if you have, um, it, you know, if that's if a person approaches you. But if you want to approach somebody and address a topic, and you know that you're touchy or sensitive about it, as the person who's delivering it, you might want to say to that person, "I really want to find out some information." from you that's going to help me because I do have some biases, but I'm trying to get over those things. So can you, but I'm, I'm going to have to ask you in small incrementally. I can't take everything at, at one time. I need to go and process and blah, blah, blah. And so again, it's right. a lot of words, but I found where, um, I found where you want auto, you know, people want automatically shut down, but the, but both of you have to be open. That's the thing. Both of you right. have to be open and both right. of you have to understand where your boundaries are. Right. That, that, that's that's so, kind of what I see. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do if you find yourself in an environment? So, for you know, I use myself as the example. So that this is the South microaggression that I received. Mm-hmm, um, I decided mm-hmm. after that conversation that I did not have to tolerate that, and I quit that job. Okay. Now, so that was my solution, was to remove myself from mm-hmm. that environment. But I also am cognizant of the fact that not everyone has that degree right. of flexibility, and we all have bills to pay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how, what, what can we do? Like, what can a person do if they find themselves in an environment where they are bombarded with these microaggressions, but they can't remove themselves from that environment just yet? Like, what should that person do? So the key is that you said just yet. So if you have, if you don't have resources, then, then the first thing is start working on trying to acquire resources, if not financially, just what are, what are my other mm-hmm. options in terms of um, finding another job? Because some people may live in rural areas and it may be difficult, but um, exactly. what, what are my options in ter- what are my options in terms of finding another job? If I, if I am living with someone, like if I'm in a multi-generational household or if I'm in a household or if I have a significant other in the household, you know, discuss it, see if you may need to do some downsizing. You know, you don't always have to flex. You can downsize. Um, the mm-hmm. other piece okay. is if you can't do any, you know, I've seen people drop from having, and I'm not going to even say not having luxury cars, to they're just like, you know what, I'm not going to put up with this, so let me drop down to a Volkswagen, a VW, and do this, 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 mm-hmm. and they had a whole plan set up. Now, if you're unable to um, do those things, then the biggest piece is going to have to be self-care. So hopefully your home life is is uh is good or is, is you're content in your home life that's the biggest issue so if your if your job is like that there's a few things one you can look at it is that's not your mess that's theirs that's number one um number two you need to take your breaks at work 
If you have the ability mm-hmm. to do that, take your breaks and leave your desk at work. Go outside, do what you do, pray, walk around, um, cuss to yourself and say, I, I, I wish they would, you, whatever you have to do. Right. Go and, and then come and then come back in, you know, you know, if you need to go and meditate, if you need to do some mindfulness, whatever you need to do, then that's what you do. So make sure you take your breaks when you take your lunch. Do not sit at your desk. Get outside of the building every chance that you get. So that's the first thing in terms of looking at self-care. The second piece is if your home life is good, then look at the support system that you have at home. Focus on how you focus on spending that quality time or being present for your family or for your friends or whomever your support system is. Focus on where your energy comes from, your spirituality, which is where your, where your energy is centralized. And that right there will give you a sense of calm. But I will always say work on a plan to get out. Even if you're in a rural area, eventually some things will change. Even now, everything is remote. So something is going to mm-hmm. change. Now, with that. And, and I know is, when you mentioned mm-hmm. that about the remote working, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people are really not wanting to go back to work, like to Correct. the office. Because being at home has been freeing from the microaggressions of the workplace. And and that's very interesting. Right. No, I, I, and and, and I agree with that. And that's one good thing. um, One of the good things that came, that came out of it, uh, that came out of COVID um, is working remotely for those who determined that they felt healthier and they started taking care of themselves better. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that is a good thing. Um, but I will always say work on a plan to get out. And this is what I was going to say is this is Donna speaking, not, not Dr. Sewell, whatever. If you are working <laughs> up under those circumstances, if you're, let me, let me clarify. So if you're working up under those circumstances, keep you a detailed notebook and an email that is sent to you. Make sure you respond to things and in an email, do it professionally so that you have the information you need. If somebody says, that didn't happen or this happened or whatever, because if it's an environment that bad with microaggressions, regardless of whether it's race, gender, age, regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. and it's a possibility they're going to try to make you miserable enough to either see how much you're going to put up, whether they're trying to push you out. So make sure you leave on your own terms. And if, they try, if they're trying to push you out up under theirs, that you have documentation. Any email that's sent to you, if it's good, then you need to print it out and take it home with you as long as it doesn't have HIPAA information on that right. that that is my that is my um, advice for that. We can move back into your segment. I'm sorry to hijack your segment like that. Okay. No, that's quite all right. And thank you so much because uh, once again, you know, I I always love these conversations. I learn a lot about myself and about how I can help other people. And I hope everyone that is listening to this is enriched as well. Dr. Donna Sewell, thank you so much for being a part of our show today, and I look forward to next time. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I always yes, enjoy indeed. being on your show. You have a good one. Thank you. Have a great one. That was Dr. Donald. Okay. Here, everybody. Bye-bye. This is Dr. Carissa Hines with Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We'll be back after a very, very break. This medical moment is brought to you by Total Lifestyle Change. Should I get the COVID 19 vaccine? The answer is simple. Yes, you should. Over 600,000 people in the United States have died of COVID-19 infection since it started in 2020. This is not a myth. This number is for real. If you are an African-American with diabetes, heart disease, obese, you are a greater risk of suffering from the bad effects of COVID-19. The Delta variant is here in the U.S. and is more contagious. People in the hospital and ICU are now unvaccinated. You are in control of your destiny. Protect your family and friends by getting the vaccine. This medical moment has been brought to you by Total Lifestyle Change. For more information about COVID-19 and other chronic conditions, call 1-800-788-0941. Remember, knowledge is power. Thank you. All righty. So we are going to end our show today as we do every week or almost every week with our vitamin C. And again, that was just an amazing conversation with with Dr. Donna Sewell, as it always is. She is absolutely awesome. So today's vitamin C is about conspiracy. 
Conspiracy is defined as a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful. And in these days, there are no shortages of conspiracies about everything and anything. And most of them are negative. However, there is a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson that goes like this. Once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. And I have been reflecting on that in this past week, um, because as I told you at the top of the show, um, that we have expanded our show um, to include ourselves with another radio station. And, you know, in, in the beginning of the year, one of the things that I said to the universe was that I wanted to expand my show. I wanted to reach more people, teach more people, help more people. But I didn't know how that was going to happen. I just kind of put it out there, right? And then this opportunity um, to join the TuneIn, um, this TuneIn family, uh, take over Vegas um, radio, came to me um, in these past in the past month. And so now, our show will be heard in like 500 countries. I'm um, sorry, 200 countries, 500 cities. And so the thing that I put out into the universe is actually now coming to be. And I'm tremendously excited and blessed and grateful by that. So I will say this. When we conspire to improve ourselves, be it an expanded opportunity, a new job, there is a secret plan put in place to help you manifest that, right? So now... Is that fate or whatever God you may believe in or serve in? I don't know, but it just happens. The universe aligns to make your dreams come true. So my vitamin C for today is speak your dream, conspire with the universe, and make it happen. Once again, I am Dr. Carissa Hines. This is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Thank you so much for joining me for my favorite hour of the week. And until we meet again next week, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. Take care. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you.